the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Season Watch with Wendy Scott, where we observe the things coming on the earth through biblical binoculars, because the Bible is both timely and timeless. With her master's degree in rhetoric and writing skills, Wendy is a part-time college professor, but a full-time truth professor. She believes the Word of God is His perfect revelation, including a young earth six-day creation, as well as the global flood inundation, and that Israel is God's chosen nation. Faith alone in Jesus is salvation, the true church rapture, comes pre-tribulation, followed by Christ's millennial domination and his eternal kingdom with earth's regeneration. Jesus is coming without hesitation. And now here's Wendy with today's topic. Welcome back to Season Watch. Thank you again for joining me. And of course, as always, I want to start with prayer. Uh, Lord, we just ask you to fill us with your spirit of wisdom for these times. And I pray that you answer the prayers of those who cry out to you Draw near to those who have strayed from you. Open the eyes of those who don't know you. And shut the mouths of those who hate you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, before we start today, I really want to remind everybody, please pray for the persecuted church. Our brothers and sisters around the world are under such immense pressure. You wouldn't even believe it. If you've ever been to a a persecuted nation or a nation that... Uh, Christianity isn't welcome. You understand the the dire straits they're under. So please always keep them in prayer. We'll meet them in heaven. But until now, that's what we can do for them. And uh, I also ask you, uh, think about giving Jesus a really great for his birthday this year and support an organization that's giving out the gospel, especially in other languages like Talking Bible or Wycliffe or any 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 organization you know, think about helping the persecuted church. So organizations like Open Doors or Voice of the Martyrs and helping those who need the gospel like Samaritan's Purse or uh, World Vision. They, they help people around the world with their needs and disasters and they give out the gospel. And we ask you to think about supporting uh, giving the gospel to Jews uh, like Chosen People Ministries and other ministries that want Jewish people, they love them and that they want to get the gospel to them and keep praying for Israel, of course. And then remember to support free pregnancy centers like CCAP that are helping women keep their babies. So please think about these things. It's a great time. Hey, you get paid back in heaven. You can't lose out. So remember them. Jesus asked us to uh, remember the least of his brethren, and we want to do that. So... Okay, friends, last time we discussed dominion principles and how we lost dominion. Satan's trying to grab it, and Jesus already won it back for us. Just Satan can't can't let go, can he? So remember how we um, discovered that in overcoming sin on our behalf, Jesus banished Satan from his claim of dominion and restored dominion to humans through himself because he's both fully human and fully God. And in John 12, 31, he explained this. He said, now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. That's the whole world. So he did it on the behalf of the whole world. 
world. And so now those of us who believe are God's children, and if children heirs, heirs and joint heirs with Christ, according to Romans eight seventeen. Uh, but even as Jesus has triumphed, God continues to permit this present age to play out. He has not judged Satan yet. He will someday. We're still in a world and a world whose culture is influenced by Satan because he goes about like a roaring lion and seeking whom he may devour, right? And so we have to realize that the world is caught in a battle between the kingdom of God and the prince of darkness, as the Bible is described. Think about Ephesians 2, 1, and you he has made alive who are dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. We see also in Ephesians six twelve, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. And then again in Second Corinthians four three, but even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose mind the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. So we see the the principle remains, and God is letting this time play out. We are in a world still influenced by darkness, but we've been saved, right? We've been saved, and we are in his care, and we walk it out as we wait for the end of these things. And so we know that Satan's day of judgment is coming. He knows the scriptures. He's heard all this too, right? He's pretty smart, but he still thinks he can outsmart or outmaneuver God. That's why he's still trying to usurp, usurp dominion over the earth. Uh, so right now, Satan and his demons continue to actively seek dominion over the whole world. And as we said last time and in previous episodes, we're at that point in Romans when the world is not resisting his lies because, frankly, they don't want to. And because the world has rejected Jesus and does not want to know him and prefer lies to truth, Romans 1 says that he gives them over to their vile affections and to a degenerate mind. And aren't we seeing that more than ever? I mean, we should be shocked. I, I, I'm, I hope you're as shocked as I am and the things that are coming into this culture that people are just letting happen. They're hardly pushing back. I think people are afraid to push back, and yet they still do it. This never would have come before. It's a particular time in history we should recognize So remember we discussed before how Psalm 2 describes the coming time when Satan will get the world to unite and fully turn against God, but God will triumph and transfer authority to the Messiah. So remember Psalm 2, it says, Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his Messiah, saying, Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. They don't want God to rule the earth, and that's because they're conspiring with Satan. It's his deal, right? Um, And then the Lord says in verse 8, Ask of me, and I will give you, this is to the Messiah, the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Jesus wins, okay? We have to remember that. The things on the earth that we see now, these are temporary. They They will not last forever. And these are not eternal things. These are just stages that we're passing through. And the Bible describes here that um, 
and other places that Jesus will rule with a rod of iron when he returns to set up his millennial kingdom. Um, And after a thousand years, Satan and the Antichrist, all those who reject Jesus and sin and death, will be thrown into the lake of fire, according to Revelations chapters 19 through 21. So you can read it for yourself. It's it's all there. The Not one word of the Bible has ever failed. Jesus said that heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. And he said not even a little tiny, like like punctuation mark will pass away until all is fulfilled. And he has a great track record. So we got to remember that the Bible describes the coming kingdom of God and eternal life in the new heaven and the new earth for those who love God and who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Woohoo! Everybody should celebrate. I mean, no matter what happens, we're written in the Lamb's book of life. We're safe in his care. And we have to keep our eyes on him, not on the things that make us afraid. We should not have fear like the rest of the world because we have hope. And so as discouraging as it may sound, this uh, temporary transfer of dominion to Satan is prophesied in the Bible. It is coming. It can't be stopped. The world wants to reject godly rule and has been enticed by the promises of so-called freedom from Satan in accepting his satanic rule. Peter described the seduction of Satan's lies that entices an unbelieving world and even those weaken their faith into his trap. So we got Second Peter chapter 2, he says, starting in verse 1, But there are also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness, they will exploit you and with deceptive words. For a long time, their judgment has not been idle, and their destruction does not slumber. For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure, allure through the lust of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. While they promise liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by whom a person is overcome, by him also is he brought into bondage. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, if they are again entangled in them and overcome by them, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. So we see there's this principle that was warned about from the beginning. There are some, if you look at the the sower that goes to sow some seed, he talks about that there are seed that fall on the rocky ground and they sprout for a little while then there's seed that grows up with the tares and they are not fruitful so just because we you know put ourselves in a christian category like a little checkbox doesn't mean that we are um, safely in his care we have to follow him right those who love me will follow me the lord talked about Um, so let's face it that even though uh, people may not be deliberately choosing to follow Satan, when they reject Jesus as their king, they are choosing satanic rule. The people around you that might be really nice, but they go, yeah, I don't need Jesus. Well, when you that's it. It's you either get Satan or you get Jesus. Those are the only options. And by rejecting Jesus, they, by default, are following Satan. And so we'll see it's actually the same principle as when Israel rejected godly rule through the judges. When he set up the judges, 
Um, and this happened specifically under Samuel the prophet. They were not actually rejecting the rulers that God had set up, but they were rejecting God. And so he explained in 1 Samuel 8, 7 through 9, And the Lord said to Samuel, Heed the voice of the people and all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them, according to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them out from Egypt, even till this day which they have forsaken me and served other gods, so they are doing to you also. Now, therefore, heed their voice. He gives them over. He stops fighting them. He says, that's what they want. Then that's what they'll get. And we're seeing the same principle happening now. And again, it was prophesied. So it's clear that we're transitioning to that Revelation beast government right now. The Bible is warned of this time. Revelation spells it out that there's a global government coming, total control, spiritual darkness, and the tribulation period described in Revelation. So, um There's evidence that we are witnessing this rapid setup through deception, restraint of freedom, and global controls coming together. We've talked about these in previous episodes. And the world has never in history um, accepted global rule, except in the Tower of Babel. And they are already doing it. Um, We've had empires set up, uh, but now the entire world, all the population of the earth, is accepting the global directions of people who have stepped up due to the the recent events. And so, um, as we said in previous episodes, God's just going to let them do what they want. And we're watching the formation of Satan's prosthetic prosthetic, (laughs) pseudo-divine dominion to control the planet through technology. And he's using technology to imitate God's divine qualities. So he wants to use technology to appear omnipresent, to seem all-knowing, and to seem all-powerful. And so as we, we see that he is setting these things up, we know that he is gaining that kind of control. And so um, for right now, these things must be, and each of these stages are important for God to offer humanity the opportunity to have free will decision for Jesus. And we see the same, uh, the same patterns in the Bible. We understand that he will give the world what they want, to get rid of godly rulers so that every man can do what is right in his own eyes. And so God is giving the world what it has chosen. And we'll just just start discussing this. So fasten your truth belts, friends, and we're going to talk today about the Josiah principle that we see in the Bible. Um, And so some people are wondering, uh, where are we on the prophetic clock? I hear a lot of people saying that in spite of everything, we can turn America around. If we all just vote or speak out and get politically active, we'll get America back on track. Or if Christians who are called by my name humble themselves and pray, then God will heal the land. Right? We hear this. And I hear people say, hey, God can do anything. Have a little faith. I'll tell you, I'm going to suggest something, and not a lot of you are going to like this, but I'm, I'm going to suggest that maybe we already had that moment to turn things around, that it's actually already come and gone, and I'll explain why. Because if we look at the biblical patterns, I think you'll see that God gave America an opportunity to turn back to the old paths um, already 
uh, and to see the country back on firm constitutional footing. Right, God gave us a chance to follow the way of faith, and rather than persecuting faith, and to um, exalt the truth rather than suppress the truth. He gave us a chance to tell our government that we don't want corruption to be the rule of law, but instead we shut our eyes and we went headlong into the lies. We chose to reject truth and follow those lies, and now the whole world is falling prey because America was the last linchpin for freedom holding back the tyranny from a global takeover. So again, God's giving us what we want, just like when God gave Israel an earthly king, and just like when God gave Israel their last good king before he judged them, and that was King Josiah. So I don't know if you remember King Josiah. There are a lot of good and bad kings that ruled over the years, and then, of course, Judah and Israel split, and uh, Judah went through the same problem. They They had a lot of good and a lot of bad kings that went back and forth. And so after a series of those, we came down to King Manasseh, and he was anointed over Judah at 12 years old as the king, and he ruled for 55 years. So the Bible says in Second Chronicles 33 that he did evil in the sight of the Lord, according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord has cast out before the children of Israel. For he built the high places which Hezekiah his father had broken down. He raised up altars for Baal, made wooden images. He worshipped all the host of heaven. That's demons. He also built altars in the house of the Lord, in the house of the Lord, where he said, In Jerusalem my name shall be forever. And he built altars up for all the hosts of hell, heaven in the two courts in the house of the Lord. And he caused his sons to pass through the fire in the valley of the son of Hinnom. And we know that's uh, sacrificing his children after they were born, which was something that they did for Moloch. We can come back to that. He practiced soothsaying. He used witchcraft and sorcery. He consulted mediums and spirituals. He did much evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. He even set up a carved image, an idol that he had made in the house of God. And so we see this is such a terrible abomination, not only to um, to follow other gods, but to actually pollute the temple of God on purpose. What worse purposeful thing could you do? And remember, we talked about in the past that um, our 117th Congress that came into power um, with this administration uh, d- dedicated our government to um, to a god, a a a demon. And so, uh, looks like we're following the same pursuit. Um, and so Manasseh seduced Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to do more evil than the nations whom the Lord had destroyed before the children of Israel. Worse. And the Lord spoke to Manasseh and his people, but they would not listen. All right, so you see their leader enticed Judah to sin worse than the heathen around them. But the people wanted to do that, and we're going to see why. Um, And then uh, God brought Assyria against Judah. He judged Judah while Manasseh was king, took them all away. And while Manasseh was in, in captivity under Assyria, he repented and God restored him. So that's great, but... Um, when then his son Ammon became king, and he was so evil that his own servants conspired and killed them. And then this brings us to King Josiah. They made Ammon's son, King Josiah, king when he was only eight years old. That's crazy. 
But God must have placed some good people around him because obviously that's too young to make any decisions. The Bible records in Second Chronicles 34 what kind of a king he was. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in the ways of David his father. He did not turn aside from the right hand or to the left. For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was still young, he began to seek God of his father David. And in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of the high places. Isn't that amazing? And so we see he personally sought God himself. Um, And he went on to destroy all the idols of the land, the places of worship. He destroyed every scrap of false god or worship. He restored and repaired the temple and restored worship according to Moses. And in fact, in the process of trying to restore the temple, they discovered the books of Moses, which every king had been required to transcribe for himself to learn it. But they hadn't done it in a long time. They even said, oh, we have found the book of the law. Oh, my goodness. Who who lost it? That's a, that's a sad state. Um, and so they brought the word of God out. And when it was read to Josiah, he rent his clothes and he realized that Israel had violated all the conditions uh, that God had set up. If you will follow me, you will live in the land and be blessed. And if you don't follow me and if you violate these things, then the land will cast you out. I will judge you and you'll go into captivity and terrible, terrible, lots and lots of things. When he read this, he realized that Israel had sinned for a long time. And so he sent to a prophetess, Hilda, and uh, concerning the judgment, asking, is, is the Lord going to judge us? And here's what she said in Second Chronicles 34. Thus says the Lord, behold, I will bring calamity on this place and on its inhabitants, all the curses that are written in the book, which they have read before King the king of Judah, because they have forsaken me and burned incense to other gods, that they might provoke me to anger with all the works of their hands. Therefore, my wrath will be poured out on this place and will not be quenched. But as for the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire the Lord, in this manner you shall speak to him. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, concerning the words which you have heard, because your heart was tender and you humbled yourself before God when you heard these words. You turn to the Lord, and he says, I will surely gather you with your fathers, and you will not see this calamity that I will bring. And so after that, Josiah went, was on fire, and he led Israel into the such a huge revival. He even, I mean, he led Judah into a huge revival, but he even led Israel back into revival. It wasn't, it was the northern kingdom, and he sent uh, Levites out to teach. They had a, a huge Passover. It was so celebrated, so glorious. It was really a glorious time. And and it led people, he tried to lead people back to the Lord. Um, but in spite of all that, he made a mistake and he went out against the king of Egypt. And God had not called him to fight against the king of Egypt. And he got killed. It was terrible. Everybody was so sad because he was such a good king. But although the people mourned for him, we find that they secretly wanted to go back to their old ways. And that no matter how much truth was given them, the people wanted to do what was right in their own eyes. And it talks about how um, after that there were evil kings that came, lots of evil kings that came. Well, it was a short period of time after Josiah died, and it was just evil king, evil king, evil king. God had to put them down. 
Um, and then in Second Chronicles 36, we read that, moreover, all the leaders of the priests and the people transgressed more and more according to all the abominations of the nations and defiled the house of the Lord, which he had consecrated in Jerusalem. So it was the leaders and the priests and the people, not just the king. They wanted to do it. And the Lord God sent their fathers. They sent warnings by him, his messengers, rising early and sending them because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. But they mocked the messengers of God, despised his words, scoffed at his prophets until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people till there was no remedy. Therefore, he brought against them the king of the Chaldeans, who killed their young men with a sword in the house of the sanctuary, and had no compassion on the man or the virgin or the aged or the weak. He gave them all into his hand. So you see, God's patience will wear out. You can only mock God so long. And as a representative of, as America, as a representative of God to the nations, He can only tolerate it so long, and we're seeing that. And we're seeing that the last administration was likely our best chance, Uh, and now we seem to be given wholly over. We've opened the floodgates, and, you know, Jesus talked about in Matthew 7 that wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be who go into it, and narrow is the way to life, and few there be that find it. And so God warned about this time. And he says that, you know, you should stand in the old ways. And that um, in Jeremiah six sixteen through 19, he said, I set watchmen over you. Listen to the sound of the trumpet, but they will not listen. And that's, I believe, what we're seeing right now. And so we also saw in Zechariah that God also warned them. Zechariah 7, 11 through 12, that they refused to heed. They shrugged their shoulders. They stopped their ears so they could not hear. And so they refused his word. And so maybe you'll think, Wendy, you don't know for sure. This may not be the last days. We've been saying this for centuries. Well, you have to decide for yourself. Jesus gave us specific things to look out for. And we've spent the last several weeks outlining them. Every detail is prophesied by Jesus and, um, and revelation. And I believe we're seeing them. And just remember that Jesus warned us for a reason. He never gave us responsibility to thwart the beast kingdom. It will happen. It will happen. And just think about that we have a greater purpose. Yes, we should challenge these things. We should speak up. We should defend the innocent. But we have a goal. And our real goal, our greater purpose, is to seek and to save that which is lost. So, friends, please get ready. Next week, we're going to watch the... Uh, look at the things to come and remember that uh, Jesus paid for your sins. If you have not received Jesus and you don't want to be caught in this beast kingdom, now is the time. Make sure that you make your peace with him. Accept his payment for your sins. He loves you so much. Until next time, friends, thank you. Join Wendy Scott every Saturday at 3 p.m. on K-Praise for another episode of Season Watch. Previous episodes can be found through the K-Praise podcast platform, where you can also access Wendy's other platforms and contact links. Please email Wendy with show comments, questions, or suggestions at wscott at mywordsforhim.com or visit her website at mywordsforhim.com for additional resources. Watch other teachings on her Rumble channel. 
Wendy's Words for Him. Her fiction novel, The Lost, A Story of Christmas, can be found on Amazon. Until next week, watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.